0: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. <laughs> Well, good morning ladies and gentlemen, listeners around the world. My name is Nick Hart and you are listening to Achtung Millwall, which is of course the in-house podcast for CBL magazine. Well to quote Roxy Music's early 70s hit Virginia Plane, throw me a line, I'm sinking fast. Yes, the SS Millwall struck the iceberg just off the coast of Blackpool yesterday as they are taking in water. Chaotic scenes on board as the captain blames the crew, the crew are fighting with the passengers for space in the lifeboats, only to discover there aren't enough lifeboats to go round. Infamy, infamy, they've all got it in for me to mix our movie metaphors, listeners. First up,
1: That's stamps.com Code program
2: On today's show we have a match report from our regular Northern correspondent John Shipman On yesterday's disaster at Bloomfield Road And we follow that with Charlie Mahoney And I kicking over the ashes of the lion's season So far in part two We then close out the discussion With online voice Denzel turning over the state Of Mill affairs right now Depressed? You will be Welcome, John. Uh, welcome to Achtung Millwall, mate. You had the misery of being at Blackpool, Bloomfield Road, yesterday. Well done for attending it. Thanks very much.
3: It's, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure I'll get my medal
2: at the next There's no medals for, for following Millwall, sadly, mate. That sounds like as disastrous a day as... Um, I can recall in, in, in many many years Of supporting Millwall you, you, You've you been around The track a few times Yourself mate How, how was it for you Yesterday um, It was as bad As the last time We played Blackpool If I'm honest I <laughs> think I remember This
3: time last season We played them And uh, we got beat 1-0 And support turned On the on the players And vice versa And yeah That's it about it But I think Even more so Than last year If that's possible It, it feels like The last days Of the Roman Empire It's It's um, yeah. It's crumbling at the minute. It's very, very, very odd to see. But, um there we are. We'll try and draw out what positives we can from uh, from it. But um it wasn't a great game. It was two very shit teams. Yeah, um, apologies for the language, two very poor no. teams uh uh in it. Um let's let's be honest about what we were playing. We were playing the bottom of the league team. We've won two games all season. Um half yeah. support of boycotting them. The yep. chairman suing some of the supporters. Um, <laughs> they had six players at the start of the season. They lost most of them this week, um, and we still, we still couldn't. We still couldn't do it. Up and get <clears> up often. I've got um, a quote
2: here. I want to run this past you. This is a quote from Lee Clark, Blackpool manager. And it's just it's just an interesting contrast. And this is his post-match um, press conference yesterday. So Lee Clark says, It just goes to show how digging in deep and being resilient is crucial. We need that spirit. Let's be truthful. We're not going to go out and play outplay teams or outpass them. We need to have fight and courage and determination. Every game is a cup final mentality. And if only we were, we were seeing anything of that from our Millwall side. I mean, that, that's that, as you rightly say, that's the bottom of the table you know, the, the, the crappiest team in the league at the moment, or, or it was, I think it might be us now. But that's an, an interesting quote, isn't it? It is.
3: Um, I mean, let's this, this make some excuses for them. Um, very lame excuses, I must say, but uh, the pitch was terrible, and it was a windy day, so you couldn't play in the air, and you couldn't play on a deck. So it was a case of rolling your sleeves up and getting involved and hoping for the best, and unfortunately, we weren't as good as that. As they were, they had some characters in their team, as well as that used to say, and I'm not sure we got any strength or characters in ours. Um, no,
2: no, I you know,
3: Dunny for all the sound bites, and he tries hard. Don't get me wrong, Dunny, but he's he's limited, isn't he? Yeah. And then true. if you look at the goal scorer, um, Peter Clark, I think it was the who we we'll all remember from Udersfield. Um We had a few clashes with Peter Clark when he was at Othersfield and we yeah. were trying to get out of League One. He's nothing but a. You know, he's a limited player, but he's a big, solid unit. He, he gets involved. He rolls. He speeds up, and as you can see, yes, he's popped up with a goal and a goal-line clearance as well. So, yeah, that's the sort of thing <coughs> that we're thinking for. You know, it's not a. I'm not suggesting going sort of pick Peter Clark, but the opposite no. is someone of that ilk who, you know, you don't see that character anywhere on the pitch. No, I'm just... not sure who we could have put in the side. It would have made a big difference. I mean Sean Williams would have would have been a quality player in there, but I'm not sure it would have made a big difference yesterday. Um, I mean we are where we are. It's it's a very odd situation. We've got twenty four players out of contract. Um listening reading the media. Obviously that's gone down a bit this week with a couple being shifted out. But yeah,
2: yeah.
3: You can't have a work folks where most of the staff aren't gonna be there next in six months time and expect them to pull their waves.
2: It's a very odd situation, and something, as you said before, something inherently wrong at the club at the minute. So, um, there is. Of in this mess. Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, you know, it's an easy phrase to to throw around. I, you know, the, there is there is something deeply wrong with a club from top to bottom. Um, what that is and what and why we are where we are is 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 the sixty four thousand dollar question. But the, the, I'm just reading through a couple of tweets here. A guy called anthony one one nine calls the uh, Ian Holloway the biggest charlatan. He's ever seen. You do wonder what lies behind the man that, w- that is in charge of us at the moment. I mean, clearly the squad have lost um, what modicum of respect they had for him. They're not, they're not trying for him, and they don't seem to want to to play for him anymore.
3: Yeah, um, I, I wasn't keen on Holloway at the very beginning. That said, no. um, he's quite a likable fellow despite the soundbites. You, you, he's one of these. I made the point the other week. You, you'd like him to do well. And it's a little bit like the factor. I don't doubt that he really wants to do well. Um, yeah. you know, he really wants it. He'd love us to do well and, and climb up the table. But wanting it isn't enough to to get it. If you see what I mean, you need to have something to back that up. And in the year he's been there, it's not solidified us. Um,
2: no, no, it we're,
3: hasn't. If we're making progress along this this grand vision he had of playing the same team throughout the uh, throughout the levels at the club, the same style of football throughout the club then I'd say, yeah, maybe you've got to you've got to ride this out for a, a few more months and so maybe we have got to go down to come back up again sort of thing. Mm. If we could see progress in that direction. But he's abandoned that as well. He's gone out and signed it off again. So we you know, it's obvious that we'll be playing long ball for the rest of the season. So it's not that the vision's gone. Um there's no solidity. So, no. you know, what, what are we doing? What is the what is the route we're trying to go along?
4: I mean, he's clearly, oh, yeah. he's clearly
2: losing the plot. I mean, his he's post-match um, press conference, he's, he's asking, how is that a defeat? I can't understand it. This is his actual quote. <laughs> it was a defeat because we didn't score any goals and we couldn't prevent the other side from, from scoring the one that they got. Um, we had uh, we had a lot of possession second half, Um but for all that,
3: I can only really remember two chances, which are, Wolford had a header in the first half, but it was a typical Wolford had a header very retain. There seems to be a conviction in anything Wolford does. It was always quite you know, shots of dribble over the line and whatever. Yeah. So it was a tame Wolford header, and then he stuck one inside the side And mcdonald had one from distance, which uh, the hands. But for all the people's hands. But for all the possession in the second half, for only having a bit more of it and taking the game to him, we only create two chances, and I thought we deserved to lose the game, we we weren't the best team on the pitch yesterday. No, um, and the goal, the goal, was such a soft goal. Set set piece, I'm sorry, John. Was... I'm sorry, everyone, I'm moaning the head off.
2: The no, game. no, no, no. This is this it is, is just, the truth uh, of it, isn't it? You
3: know, it was such a soft goal, and I've not had the benefit of seeing the replay, but it was a, a free kick coming from the, the far side. It should have be been dealt with a couple of times before it reached Peter Clark, and I couldn't quite work out what have or so, you know, I don't know if he stopped because it was he saw a foul and thought someone had blown or if he just was trying to watch it wide <clears> but as far as I can see he just stood there. I, mean, so, you know, I, don't, I don't want to criticize Fold too much. He's been a, a great servant for us but uh, he's not been himself this season even even David Fold. So I don't know, there's a wrong malaise in there isn't there that's uh, that's hard to yeah, oh, pinpoint.
2: I mean, it's yet another excuse. But I mean, shitu was on the bench yesterday rather than starting. Now, I, I I would have thought that we'll know what conditions are like in Blackpool on a, on a January Saturday afternoon. It's they're never going to be easy. Yeah. A day for the big men, a day for the big units. Um, Blackpool have gone for their big unit in Clark, who's scored his first goal since 2011. Our big unit is sat on the bench. And, you know, you're right, Dunn Dun is a... A willing, a willing servant of the club, and I don't have a problem with Alan Dunn, but he does have his limitations. You know, um, what, what, why are we playing a, a, a kid of eighteen and and um, you know, a player of, of limited means? It it I don't yeah. know, it's hard to fathom. Hard to fathom. I, I, I don't know. It is he's not going to win many battles,
3: is he? <clears throat> uh, no. And on a pitch like that, there ain't going to be much coming along the ground. So it stands to reason in you point your your lumps at centre half, but.
2: Meyerhofer had, chance, not, John, My, Meyerhofer had a chance John I believe Meyerhofer had a late chance he, he missed yeah
3: he won a, he come on puff and puff won a couple of hitters, Um and there was nearly yeah, a chance uh, midway through the second half where it seemed to open up for him uh, he had to the, the go away that, but um, it, I'm going to be kind and of say took a bottle because if that's how the blood kicks then <laughs> we're in a world of trouble yeah. um, he sort of flew off his boot didn't trouble the, didn't trouble the goal in any shape or form so I would hope it got a and on that pitch. You can fully understand if it did. But, yeah. Um, yeah, plenty of effort when you come on, in fairness to him. But um, he Re- is what he is, he?
2: he's a big lump. Replacing Fuller, and clearly a controversy, or one aspect of the controversy of the day, was the stick that Fuller was, was, was drawing, and then his gesture at the away fans apparently. I, I, I don't know what your take on that was, John.
3: Yeah, it was a bit more than a gesture, Nick. Uh, okay. He gave the ball that family in the area. He got some abuse and some more, you know, another course of shit, shit, shit. Yep, yep. He reacted to it so the support given a bit more, uh, you know, clear off fuller. Yeah. Um, Clear off Fuller That's,
2: That sounds like it's Come out of the boys Own 1950s I'm very conscious Of not trying to Swear on me You've also got That's kids really- In the house mate So we, we'll go with you On that It was clear off Fuller
3: um, So yeah And it, it Escalates And it goes on It's not a gesture It went on for a good 20 seconds and Right okay He got pulled At that point um, He got some more Clear off Fuller Yeah um, And he turned around And gave the support Another post right. that being said has been one of our... I know it's like being, you know, the least bad, but he's been one of our better players this year. we scored some goals. And
1: yeah, you know
3: what he yeah. Does. He's a 35-year-old man. He's trying, Yeah, sort of shifting. He's being overused, if anything. Yeah. sense him. Um, you can't react like that, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, we're not scouters. If you can't give it out, don't take it, sort of thing. No, I
2: mean, that's that's, that's, at that's least very he true. He had
3: some interest in what was going on out there and he was frustrated by it. So, you know...
2: Yeah, there's a lot of people getting We're their high horses, don't away. they? have to carry No, I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of high horse um, stuff going on on the net. He can't ever play for us again. I mean, you're right, I'd, he's out of order and clearly he's got to, um, you know, receive some uh, some punitive uh, measure of some sort by the club. But if you can't give it, don't, ta- you know, don't dish it out if you can't yeah. take it back. And he does give a and shit. he
3: wasn't the only one getting it,
2: you know. No.
3: It was a bad day before got a bit. Jack Woke played well in fairness, actually. Um, yeah. But he got a bit for, for past misdemeanours. Um, yeah. Wilkinson got a little bit. It's just that he was the one who reacted to it. and I can't get too, you know, too uh, emotional about it. Someone had a go at him. Someone had, he had a go He had a pop it back. Yeah, it was, Grim day, John. Well, Grim day. Sid did very well. Yep. As a, a positive for us all. Sid did very well. We, um, he sticks his head in where, uh, where the boots are flying. Brave young man. Um, it's only his second game. Listen, us all pin our hopes on him as being the, the center of his club. But um, so far, so good. I thought he did very well yesterday. and Stood out among players. Ten years his senior. Ten years more experience. Um, he's the one who, who looked interested. who got stuck in. And was intent for many criticism yesterday. Um, so well done, it having it now
2: trying to put a spin on it for you but I can't no. it was lousy, it no, was that's, lousy. That's, I mean, that's the impression I think most of us built up And on that clearly I couldn't make the game yesterday um, kind of glad that I didn't make that long trip up there to witness what you saw but um, it does have a slow motion car crash kind of feel about it doesn't it the, the club at the moment it, it's been a season that I don't think any of us expected I, I, I genuinely didn't think we'd reach this, this low point um, but there we are that's where we are we are where we are
3: I don't think we ever really expect it. There was even in the low-mess era, there was a bit of um, hope around the signings that were made. But um, it, it feels like the last three or four years have been death by a thousand cuts. It's never... No. You
1: know,
3: even, again, if we survive this year, I'm really looking forward to the next season. I'm not sure I mean. And the, there's, a, there's a feeling of bad luck around the side as well, isn't there, that, He's gone out and he's doing what we'd all want him to do at the minute. He's clearing out some of the... the, the dross, yeah.
2: ...and yeah. the yeah. Players have gone, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's trying to bring in a bit of pace down the way inside. And the first day of training, the so to get and he's out for a month. So, Yeah. your luck? No, luck has deserted him. I mean, was, uh, Napoleon said, oh, don't give me good generals, bring me lucky generals. And we don't have a lucky general in charge of us at the moment, John. So...
3: No. There a good one, either, it? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks for coming on today, John. I really appreciate it, mate. Pleasure, No problem. Mate.
0: You're listening to Acton Millwall.
2: All right, welcome to Charlie Mahoney. Little bit been a little while, Charlie, since you've been on the show, mate.
5: Yeah, I think it's deteriorated drastically. <laughs> yeah, we've been <won> the 12, <laughs> to be honest. I, If what I say sounds totally different to my reaction to the Cheltenham and Bournemouth games, then I think it's a little bit understandable, maybe. <laughs> we
2: were playing brilliantly when you were last on the show, then you went away, and now we're playing out of crap. Um, I don't know, where do we start on this? I, I, I've sent a... Listeners might more than know that I send Charlie an email before the show just to kind of cover the general points, but I'm not actually sure where we start on this of shit that we're looking at at the moment, really, Charlie. It's an om- omni-shambles. I've written omni-shambles. Everything seems to be going wrong on all fronts, all at once. It's uh, I've never seen anything in recent times quite like it.
5: We now find ourselves in a situation where there's no cause for optimism whatsoever,
2: in my opinion. I think we're mm. fucked. Um mm. What's well, the show? Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Acton Mill we're fucked. <laughs> but it is that's, that's, it is that's it has that vibe, does not it? I mean where where do we go with this at the moment? I, I don't know.
5: Um up until maybe the knowledge game I always tried to hold out the belief that there were you know, things that we could improve on that were, were tangible. Now I can only see it getting worse and you know, new things have come into the fore as well. Uh It's not just the way we're performing on the pitch. I'm becoming really disillusioned with things like our transfer policy. You know, we've got players giving abuse back to the fans who've travelled halfway up to the other end of the country. And it looks like we're probably not even going to beat Bradford on Wednesday. So I just don't know where the silver lining is.
2: No, no, there is no silver lining. I've written a few kind of spots comments on my sheet of paper here i got Chaos Club sinking fast I was just talking to uh, John Shipman for the match report before I called you Charlie and he's, he kind of summed it up as the last days of the Roman Empire and I, I, it's true I mean you just can't it's like a it's like a slow motion car crash where you know what's going to happen but you can't do anything to prevent it it's, it's the most um, depressing situation I've got to say
5: I think as well uh, the Holloway situation is quite interesting here because Given how bad we are, you'd expect him to be on the verge of maybe losing his job or walking out. It feels like he's been given a massive endorsement, basically, by having that autonomy in the transfer market. So I'm not even sure he's going anywhere, even though I I don't think he can have any complaints if he were to lose his job.
2: No, I mean, you know, we've debated the uh, the Holloway question long and hard on this show, you and me and and, and the other guys that we, we get on the show. Um, and it keeps going round and round the same circles, doesn't it? I mean, I, I think you're right. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I don't think John Berrelson is sacking him, um, rightly or wrongly. I think the cost of losing him, the cost of actually getting rid of him, will be quite extensive. And it does beg the question who's going to come in and who's going to replace him. And you're talking about the likes of Neil Harris and Scott Fitzgerald, basically, Charlie. And I'm not sure that what we saw last season, you know, that that's going to... There's this there's this idea that, that would inject something of the old Mill spirit into the team, but I I think the problem lies in the, the group of players and their collective mentality.
5: Yeah, definitely. We saw that yesterday. I think uh, this this group, this collective aren't particularly interested. I think there were a few individuals there like Dunny and, and Abdu and you know, a couple of others who genuinely care but might not have the quality to get us out of this by themselves. So whoever's there is going to find that there is a collective group who just don't seem to give much of a fuck.
2: See I I, I mean I, I think you're right. I think one or two do give a shit and, and funny enough I would include Ricardo Fuller in that group. I know that he's I know that he's lost the plot yesterday um and there's no forgiving what he's done. Um I think there's I think we can all understand the emotion of being in this situation. We're there too and that's why the the fans are giving him stick. He's apparently Mr. Sitter. And then, you know, the, the abuse has flown backwards and forwards. Um, as unforgivable as it is, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to contradict myself. And say I don't think that's the worst thing I've ever heard of because at least it shows he does give a shit.
5: It's a bit weird with Fuller, actually, because I would say quite recently he's done a lot to dispel the reactions to us signing him. I, I don't think anyone thinks he's fantastic no, by any stretch no, of the imagination. No. But he, he's put in effort this season. And he's shown there's a little bit of skill there. Uh, Unfortunately, he just doesn't got the ability to play 90 minutes. But what what he's done yesterday seriously casts a doubt over his future at the club. I think even if we were to get an apology now, it, it feels like it would be a bit hackneyed and he'd probably been forced into it by Holloway. I'm not sure he's going to have a successful spell at the club now.
2: No, I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, the, the you know, you read around the, the message balls and Twitter, and there's the, the message is loud and clear from many, many people that he can't play for Millwall again. Um, that, that's that's the emotional reaction. I get that emotional reaction, and maybe having travelled up the Blackpool, if I'd have done that, I'd be feeling the same. I don't know, but I'm not just not sure that um, Ricardo Fuller is 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 the villain um, of the piece in this. I think he's 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 a 35 year old man. He's clearly the you know the last part of his career. He's being asked to do a job that he's he's giving his all to to do, and he just hasn't got the legs for it. Charlie, is he? You know, he's he's not got the um, he can't. He's he's not twenty five. He's thirty five now.
5: It's a shame because I think if we'd had him a few years ago, we'd have a real asset there. Uh, but then I suppose that's indicative of our transfer policy. We only seem to get players at stages in their career where they can only offer so much.
2: Yeah. I mean Holloway says he'll deal with Fuller um whatever that means I suppose it's going to be a fine I suppose he's going to get an apology put out I don't know what he's going to do but he might even go on Lions player and say a few nice things uh f- fair enough that's got to happen but I I just you know it, it is it's a shame because I I've, I've not felt that Fuller has been the the biggest um culprit in our, our current predicament this season but there it is that's what's happened well, to to a wider extent as well I- From what I've heard, he's
5: not the first Millwall player to have done it this season. I've heard that Malone had uh, sort of retorted to some of the abuse uh, a few weeks ago, possibly against Bolton. Mm. Now, to me, that suggests that there's a real problem at the club, not just because we've got two players who are given abuse, but because there seems to be a lack of authority. It might be an indication that Holloway has, has got no control over their actions really it certainly looks that way on the pitch
2: I mean the cliche is that you lose the dressing room and and just leading into this show and also for the magazine I was just looking through a few um, online articles and I found one by the secret footballer who writes Mm -hmm. for uh, the Guardian, his ex-player some of knows who he is <clears throat> but it was interesting just reading through that about the qualities that make a good manager. I mean, most of it is fairly common sense. The idea that you're you're consistent and that you are honest with players and that you you know you kind of there's an implied need to show people respect and then they will probably give it back to you. Um, I mean, Holloway came to us with this kind of a, a slightly um, I don't know if it's a myth, but certainly a, a, a persona, didn't he, Charlie? And I think the problem that we have, and this is this is quite a fundamental flaw, is that the, the persona, the myth or the idea that he's this kind of omnipotent, um, all-seeing power has been pierced. And once it goes, it goes. It, you can't summon it back again. The genie, once it's gone, is gone, you know. When things are
5: going well for Holloway, I'm sure he does manage to get back pulling in the same direction. But, you know, when we've been as, as ridiculously shit as we've been, I think he, all that really shows is his wacky side and the fact that he is unorthodox. And that's not what you need when you're in trouble. I think it's OK if, if you know, things are stable. But when things start to sort of go wrong, you, you, you need that discipline. You need authority. I'm not convinced Holloway has it.
2: No, he doesn't. I don't think he has the tactical nous that, um, you know, he, he he gives an impression that he he has, and he, I don't think he does. And I think the part of the problem, without making excuses for some of the senior players in the squad, is that once you've been around the track a few times, you start to know a bullshitter from a bloke that actually does know his stuff. I think Holloway can probably impress the, the youngsters, the kids, um, those that maybe haven't played with him before, and then you buy into this whole kind of Ian Holloway show that you get. The chaps that have been... Been there, uh, seen it, and and the, been in the game some time. Have played under other managers. Maybe don't buy it, and I think that's that's part of the problem.
5: He, he's passionate, by the way. I think I don't think anyone would uh, disagree with that. But as we've been saying, I think you need more than passion in these situations, particularly in these situations. You need now, You need methods, and and you you just have to get on with it and shut up sometimes. And that really doesn't seem. To be part of his MO at all?
2: No, I mean he's announced the Blackpool game was a uh, defeat was not an option going into the into the game. Well, <laughs> it was an option actually in real life, wasn't it? And we got it. Um, and it leaves us what uh, second from bottom now, is it or third from bottom? No, we're third from bottom in the table.
5: Yeah, um, two points off safety. I think uh, if, if we got a result yesterday, we would have dragged leads into it instead, which is another kick in the <laughs> teeth. <tape, really.
2: laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, and it's really hard to see where we're going to get results from here onwards. I mean, the the, the level of play in recent matches have been so poor. The lack of spying has been such. It's just impossible to see where goals are going to come from, let alone points. Um, shocking situation, Charlie. Uh, Chaos club, I've written on here. And we can't even sign players now. We've got we've got the likes of uh, Simon Church of Cholt and ahhing over us. Um, you know, a bloke that can't get in the Cholton team is actually mulling over whether he wants to come to Millwall or not. not. Not He's the most inspirational man in the world. No, I think he scored
5: about three goals in 40 games, which suggests to me that it's just another whole situation, really. Um... But as you say, that makes it even worse—the fact that he doesn't even want to fucking play for us.
2: No, we've got the mark of Cain on us. So I've put the mark of Cain, Genesis four, for anyone that wants to check that out in the Old Testament. It's not an album; it's it's a part of the um, part of the Bible. Um, Hanson, we're talking about uh, James Hanson of Bradford. I can't. I don't know. If, um, I
5: had, before I think not the, the game against us, but their previous league game, I think he'd went fourteen matches without scoring. That, yeah not the calibre we should be looking at, that's in a lower level as well. So I'm not sure even is the answer.
2: I guess the idea is that we're going to sign the, the proverbial lump that we can hit long balls at and hopefully that will let in the likes of Lee Gregory, who didn't start yesterday, but this is my take on it, um, to come in and, and, and be the nippy striker that gets the goals. That will take us to a two-striker solution, of course, which is totally at odds with what Holloway's you know brought into in, into, into practice since he's arrived. Um, I don't know. I mean we've got other players, Rotherham players turning us down there, Pringle, um Cummings of Reading, um who knows? There's there's talk of him coming there. It it's like we're um, it's like we're beset with um on all fronts all at once. You can't all fronts are collapsing and um there's nowhere to go with it at the moment. Players don't want to join us. We've got injured players. Paris Cowan Hall came to us in a blaze of publicity, Charlie. Got himself injured
5: really pleased with that signing as well. It's a shame that he's he's got that injury, but at the same time, I would question as to whether we should be pinning our hopes on him in a way. I mean, he's it, done extremely well for Wickham in the last couple of months, but it is a lower level and it might take <coughs> him some time to bed into the Championship. So, you know, that that's one of those signings that when it looks like we inevitably go down might actually help us to promotion from League One rather
4: than getting well,
2: championship. Maybe that's what we're planning for now, a, a, a drop into League One. It seems as though the current squad don't have the the spine, the arse or the bollocks, whatever way you want to put it, to to keep us up. They don't just don't seem to have that um, you know, that the essential backbone that's going to be required to fight our way out of this. So maybe there is an acceptance that we're we're doomed, as uh, the Scots guy and Dad's army used to say, and then we've got to start planning for next season. Maybe that is the first that you know, piece in that jigsaw a decent player from what I've seen of him um, on, on, on YouTube but you're right he can't just come in and hit the ground running in the Championship can he?
5: He gives us something that we're lacking I don't think we have any really traditional wingers at the club and, and we've certainly found wanting in terms of pace but like Gregory we've got to make allowances for someone who's coming up from a lower level and one of the good things about that is I don't think people are too fast if it works out or not because at least we took a risk People actually seem to prefer that happening than signing someone like Simon Church or Luke Farney, who we just know isn't cutting it at this level. <clears> when
2: he... No, they're, they're old legs. They've done their time and they're looking for a payday and that's what we, we are. I, I think you're right. I think the support will back um, You know, the idea that there's there's hope going forward. So that implies we're going to start playing the, the youngsters probably in League One for them to learn their trade there. And Paris Cowan Hall, again, it will be making the move from then League Two to League One um that does offer perhaps some framework to move, to come back from that but i just find i mean there's an idea that league 1 is going to we're going to bounce back from it so it's a, it's, a, it's a, a, a you know it's, it's a quicksand league one Charlie and once you get yeah. into it very hard league to get out of as we know to our own our own cost
5: bigger clubs than us struggle to get out of that division to be honest and um you know if this this kind of mood is going to provide the club for for much longer, then I think we're really going to struggle, whatever level we're
2: at. There's a tweet here from a guy called Dylan1981. He says he doesn't want to hear any excuses from players after proper Millwall players had worked their asses off to get us into the championship, and these jokers can't or won't commit any work rate to keep us there. I think the work rate is 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 part of it. You don't see much, um, you don't see any that much commitment or effort being displayed on the pitch, and yet these are players that individually are better than the collective sum of their parts, Charlie. The
5: quality is there. The application of it is very questionable. It's not an abundance of quality, but it's got to be better than what's on show in recent times. Uh, I would say players like Martin, Gay, uh, possibly even Meyerhofer. I know he's only come back for the one match. Um, You know, there is something about them, but if it's not actually being put on display, then... It's it's worth nothing, mate. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, Dylan says they're just happy to pick up a paycheck um, and do their don't know, do their training and turn out once a week or whatever it is and, and get paid. Play
1: Monopoly.
2: Play Monopoly. <laughs> Build hotels on the old Kent Road, I don't know. It's the, the club generally, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to look for some rays of sunshine. and I suppose the only one that we can muster up will be this idea that relegation to League One offers a chance to start again somehow. Um, I think that's a it's a risky affair.
5: No, it's, it's, I think that's a really good point. I mean remember when we last got relegated into League One and Spackman was our manager and we had a lot of, of room to manoeuvre on the transfer market, we we bought in several players and unfortunately they mm. all appear to be a bunch of cunts as well.
2: Well, I think it's you get into the zone and I'm just it's starting to look a little bit like it at the moment where you're signing up random blokes that are just available on the as a website, a players website, isn't it where you list all the yeah. um, the available players a bit like um you know Championship Manager or something and you kind of select almost based on random um is he a striker number 1? Yeah, well then he's you know he's in this list here then and it's almost having that kind of um desperate it's a desperate kind of, of vibe that's going on around the club. I mean, Andy Ambler's even gone on the news at Den saying that they should have appointed a first-team coach when they got rid of Des. Well, he left the Des pin back in September. And, you know, I'm not a football man. You're not a football man yourself, Charlie. But you think, yeah, a first-team coach sounds like the kind of thing that big clubs have. Why, why don't we have one too, you know? You, you, this, this, these are fundamental errors, and it runs from the highest levels in the club. Shocking. Well,
5: what's happening now is we're getting people like Ambler, as you say, even Holloway coming out and saying... Huge fundamental mistakes have been made in the running of the club. The contract situation comes to mind here, and Holloway's admitted that that was treated chaotically, to be honest. If that was treated in a different manner, we might be seeing a different reaction on the pitch from the players. When things like that are happening, it's just totally unacceptable and really fucking alarming when the senior people at the club are coming out and saying, Yeah, well, you know, we fucked up here.
2: I mean, it's interesting, so, you know, we've we've had this discussion, I think, on other shows where John Berylson is clearly a successful businessman in the US and, and worldwide, I, I guess. Um, would he run any of his financial houses like this? Uh, you know, if you've got underperforming staff in any walk of life, there's you've got to do something about that. You've either got to get them to improve or, you know, kind of get rid of them, I guess, is the other option if if they can't improve. And somehow football seems to suspend normal rules of business and, and working life, doesn't it? Failure is rewarded. Um, if we got shot of uh, Holloway, for example, after a year of failure, he's going to get the a, a, a payoff for the rest of his contract or, or a proportion of it. What, what, in what job do you get that kind of um, reward for? You know, for actually fucking up?
5: It, there's something inherently wrong with football. I agree. It's a bit like uh, Danny Baker's tweet yesterday where he was saying. It's the only profession where one individual takes the flack and everyone else who's failing is allowed to carry on. It, it, it sort of used the entire film. Yeah. It's yeah. like getting rid of a, If a film's going down the pan during production, it's like getting rid of the director and keeping a ter- terrible cast. And the throw. terrible actors, <laughs> <It's>,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's, very, it's a good analogy. It's a good analogy. Um, I don't know. I remember years ago I, I went to an art gallery. This is going to sound a bit poncy on a show like this. I went to an art gallery. <laughs> and the artist had set up a it was a, a slow motion frame by frame showing over 24 hours of psycho by alfred hitchcock okay. so and this this is what mill feels like for me right now it was this kind of you know each frame that was on screen for i don't know a second or two before it moved on to the next frame so you had the kind of i think it was the shower scene that was going on when i when i was in there so you said this kind of Sight of a knife that was kind of, but bit, 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 bit being raised, and, and that's what this is at the moment. That we're still in the shower, and, and,
5: and uh, do you reckon Holloway will be dressed as his mother? <laughs>
2: Almost certainly is, <laughs> mother. <laughs> well, that's, oh that's dear, a
5: mental image if there ever was one.
2: <laughs> let's talk about Paul Robinson. This this finish the show on a on a um, a little bit of an upbeat no Paul Robinson's left us and I, I, I think I, I'm sure you join me Charlie in wishing him well at Portsmouth what a servant he was and at a time where we're listening, uh, missing so much spirit and so much spine that was one thing that Robert always brought with him didn't he he was always a, a player that gave everything 100% man
5: he, he's a mere legend in my opinion um, limited but some of our legends are I think it is more about encapsulating that kind of spirit that we, we ask for and I'm really pleased to say that he had a massive part to to play in a promotion and even winning a playoff final at Wembley. So, a shame to see him go, but I think he's provided us with some fantastic memories, and I wish him all the best at Portsmouth.
2: Yeah, no, the, I think I'm sure listeners will wish him wish him well. I mean, he was a great a great servant. The highlight oh, clearly being the goal at Wembley, the the one that got us into the league that we're now collapsing from, you know, um, on all fronts. But well done, Robbo. It's good to see him getting a, a job. At Portsmouth eighteen month contract that will probably um, give him some stability for you know next year and a half or so, and then who knows? He was talking about maybe me- making some kind of. Um Come back to the den in some shape or form. Um, perhaps uh, the kind of guy that you know you, you could look at and say there's a there's a future manager of, of of someone if not Millwall.
5: Is it possible that he could play on Saturday? <laughs> <I think it's, laughs> it, it seems very odd uh, getting rid of a centre half when you when you're playing. Dunn and all, all respect to Sid Nelson, but. Uh, uh, Inexperienced 18 year old at centre half, really.
2: And you've got Shitu on the bench. I mean, I was talking about this to John earlier on. I mean, it, these are the flaws of the man that is in charge of us. Bastling, um, we're, we're, isn't
5: it, really? That's, that totally. doesn't cause whatsoever. I mean, I can accept that we're going to lose games, we're going to lose important games, and we're going to play poorly sometimes. But when it seems like the team selection is actually perverse, then it really does make
2: you despair. We're kippered, mate, we're kippered. Let's close on a funny one. This um, Apparently, Scott Malone had interest from Borussia Dortmund. Can you believe this? Borussia <laughs> Dortmund, they were in the European Cup final, was it last season, the year before?
5: Yeah, a couple of years back against uh, Bayern Munich, wasn't German it?
2: German champions, I mean, I think they're in trouble this season. I think they're, they're, they're in, in the relegation zone of the Bundesliga. Um, but Russell Slade uh, claimed that Scott Malone, has now joined Cardiff for £100,000, which seems, an ex- well, I don't know, some cheap money, but anyway... Um, Apparently, uh, he says that Borussia Dortmund made strong inquiries after Scott Malone. Maybe that's a reason why they're in trouble, if that's their idea (laughs) of the way forwards. (laughs) Again, the the, the German myth of invincibility is being pierced with that story. Um, What a bizarre one.
5: Well, Jurgen Klopp has certainly gone down in my estimation. thrown <laughs> uh, as the, the big up and coming manager in Europe, I'm not sure that's the case if, if he's looking at Malone. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I think there's a difference between turning down Borussia Dortmund and them looking into the possibility of signing him. I think if a, if a club like that wants Malone then he's gonna end up there really. And uh if he hasn't if if he's gone to Cardiff instead of Borussia Dortmund then he wants his fucking head testing really,
2: doesn't he? <laughs> I think we do, too, for going to Millwall, Charlie. But yep. um really appreciate you coming on, mate. Um, no problem. Enjoyed it. Good to talk to you again, Charlie. And yeah, um, yeah. I've got to go and edit now. It's half past ten on a Sunday morning. I've got to try and get the show out by 12. So I'd better, um, better get weaving. So good um, luck. thanks, mate. Speak to you soon, Charlie.
5: Yeah, cheers.
2: Yeah, but what's missing? There's only one answer to that, mate. Millwall. But now no worries. There's a group of like-minded Aussie Millwall fans that want to hear from you. The Mill Down Under group are based in Sydney. They have Lions fans from all over us. They're looking for new members for regular get-togethers and five-a-side tournaments. All against other ex-pat British football fans. So now you don't have to leave your heart of Coldwell Lane, because Mill are down under too. How do you get in touch then? Google search the football fans down Under website. Or easier still, email bondylion at gmail.com. Rip up. All right, well, and welcome to the show now. New voice to Akhtung Mill. Big welcome to Denzil from the House of Fun. Thanks for coming on the show, Denz.
4: Hey, Nick.
2: Good to speak to you. Um, I, I've I've kind of settled on your um, posts a little bit. I've I, I follow on on the House of Fun. Always find you an interesting voice online. Uh, hence the invite to come on the yeah. show. Particularly made the point which caught my eye that our fallbacks are getting no protection from you know um, the decent size that we're playing. They're coming at us down the wings, and we've, we've basically just got the fallbacks fighting single hand. I I find that quite an indictment of Ian Holloway's reign, don't you?
4: Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to get too. I don't want to steal animal thunder. and <laughs> steal it, mate. Steal it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it all comes down to the, the way he, he, he structured his team last year and how he's tried to continue to play this year. Yeah, where with this sort of this narrow attacking formation behind behind a lone striker, then with supposedly the fallbacks giving us our attacking width. Um. I think the problem is we don't really have, at the moment, the full-backs to do that effectively, um, and nor do we have the, the attacking players behind that lone forward to play that role. And eventually, what ends up happening is we have a sort of cluster of bodies in the middle of the pitch, uh, and sort of ill-equipped fallbacks being uh, yeah. charged at by the opposition forwards. I, I think some, in some of the games, the opposition have been very quick to pick that up, and we end up having a, a lot of two-on-one situations out wide. Yeah. um and a lack of tracking back from the front players um because i'm not really sure they are aware of what their, their roles and responsibilities are
2: i mean the defense this season i mean it's a, not a new point and we're not really giving anything that's going to come as a revelation to anyone listening to the show but i mean the defense as a unit has looked very shaky across the whole season really um yeah I mean the, the point you just made though about the I mean this is one of Holloway's early statements. He said he wanted wingbacks that were kind of going like um, I think motorbikes were the, the you know the metaphor he used they are going quickly down the wings. But the one fallback that we have had we got lost Carlos Edwards, but that's yeah. that's that's a cry and shame for everyone. Yeah. Um, but we just sold Malone, who was the one the fallback that we had that always looked like that was his. That was his talent.
4: Yeah, I think there is, there is that element to it. The way, if you've got those full-backs, there's, there's certain things, that, certain other things that the midfield has to do. The midfield has to be aware of when your, your left-back or right-back is charging up the pitch. Um, your center halves need to be aware of it. Um, and the team needs to sort of be able to cope with that. Uh, and I think what's happened is we've, we've had someone like Malone, who, who on occasion has looked very good going forward, even this season, yeah. Which has been a fairly difficult for everyone. But he's still there's still been games and he's looked from the ones I've seen anyway at home that he's looked he's looked fairly uh fairly good on the ball. But um there's you- a lot of the times where he's caught out of position and then there's no one behind him or Centre hours are easily pulled out position, and and the sort of the whole structure of the thing quickly sort of falls apart.
2: This is the organisational point. I mean, you, one of the things you referred to in, in in the post that caught my eye was that we have no organisation, particularly defending set pieces. I mean, we do seem to get caught quite quite a lot defensively in all sorts of situations. Set pieces being one of the main ones. But you're right. I mean, when we're attacking, then it requires players to think about what's going on around them and, and react accordingly. And that's that's just not happened at all. And after a year of Holloway, I mean, I, I, I don't... I, I, it, it it, baffles me as to how we can be this far down the line with still um, an organisation looking like it was that he found when he first arrived.
4: Well, I think it says, it says a lot about the sort of schizophrenic nature of, of Holloway. Uh, we've, we've put in some pretty decent performances, particularly away from home defensively. Mm. Uh, you look at some of the... We've got decent points at teams like Derby. We did very well. Yes, with Forestry, yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. Well, very, very well as an attacking team at the time and looked... Um, I know a few people went Derby. We looked quite quite solid. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. And then two two, ga- two games later, he dropped off the team, and we're we're all over the over the shop. But I think the organisation point comes down to it, there's been a lack of continuity uh, yeah. and, a, and a sort of a lack of personnel in defence, which hasn't hasn't helped. Yeah. Now some of that you are going to get for the injuries and suspensions, or whatever. Um, but it seems to me that if with the slightest off performance. The, uh, the sort of baby goes out with the bathwater, and there is wholesale changes. And I think that has, has had uh, as much of an effect on the, on the way the side sets up as as anything else. Yeah, um, I think it's very difficult for a for a, a back four to be settled and get themselves organised if every week there is someone else, ne- someone else different next to you. I
2: mean, where do, where do you stand on? I mean, the fundamental principle when he came in was uh, Holloway. When he came in. Was that we we're going to start passing the ball and moving it, and we weren't going to resort to the, um, you know, the traditional four uh, four two, semi route one approach, um, but that just seems to have been totally abandoned as, as time has gone along. That idea that we will be a passing side, which I didn't entirely agree with, if I'm going to be honest with you, but nevertheless, that seems to be abandoned completely now, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, I, I think that a lot of that has been down down to the confidence of the players being completely shot. If I'm honest, Um yeah. But if you if you, I, I think. After the Leeds game, you, I think everyone was really positive about the way the team yeah, was set up. Yeah, yeah, totally. We yeah. The, the way the, the system worked, we were pressing really high up the pitch. We people well, that that game in particular, Warford and Martin were a lot of men possessed, charging around and well, we were breaking play up. Yeah, sort of twenty yards from the opposition's goal, and and that's how that system really operates. You've got to be really on the ball, and the football is then played in the opposition's half. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what has happened is is that the football is now being played in our half, and as the season has gone on, we've we've those that football's dropped deeper and deeper towards our back four, and there's there's no out ball, there's nothing for, for well, to just the. It's just it's just a
2: relentless diagonal oh, long yeah, ball, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, you know, yeah. the re- relentless diagonal long ball, which we hopefully find um, Fuller less often, Gregory, or it's hit into into nobody.
4: Because oh, I, I know from listening to Acton, you're. A, uh, you're, you you hark back to the days of the the flying wingers. And I do, I do. I don't think the two are sort of mutually exclusive. I think um, Brentford have uh, have been a prime example of that. They're, they play fairly decent football, but you can't. Like, you, you wouldn't just call it tippy tappy? It's uh, it's done with a purpose um, to it, uh, and I, I think we have showed that um, again. I, I wasn't at the game, but. Mm. Um, People who were at Ipswich commenting how in, in the first half we looked in a very, very good side. Yes,
2: we did. Yeah, we did. Really
4: good football, a really good tempo. Um, and it appears that game was one of the sort of catalysts of what's gone on earlier because in the second half we fell apart a bit. And that resulted in the Reading game where we had to change the formation and change the players. And after that, it sort of, you know, that's when one of the, well, the first sort of bad patch started. Yeah. We recovered somewhat and then we've had the, the bad patch in the last sort of month or so. Yeah, I mean,
2: it is interesting how there's been no consistency and and again, that must come back to the manager and whatever lie in his personality it does seem to lurch from one extreme to the other game by game and that's that's certainly not helpful. I mean, just going back to the point about Brentford, I thought they were probably the best example of what I call achievable football by Millwall Stands. I don't think we're going to expect to be able to compete with the big teams in the division money-wise and, and the players that they can bring in. But Brentford haven't, uh, and Bournemouth to to an extent. I know they've had, you know, probably backing on a level we 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 haven't had. But um, we haven't wanted for monetary backing. But they they both they're both small sides. They've actually achieved a certain style. I mean, even even Bradford to be fair, then. I mean, they, when they came to us on Saturday, they were moving the ball fast. Yeah. It wasn't anything revelatory, yeah. but they just got the ball around a bit, didn't they? Very
4: in a way that you can go with regards to Brentford, I think they are a good example. Of what we can achieve. We sort of achieved what they're doing now in our first season back in the Championship. We had, we had a pretty settled side, a good structure. Everyone knew what they were doing, uh, and we had a fairly potent forward in Steve Morrison. Yeah. Um But what was, and the the thing will be is have Brentford kick on from it. We we fell apart somewhat after that first season of and have not really kicked on um, as we all would have hoped. Um, once Morrison left, the money wasn't really invested that well, um, and w- I think we, we lost our way a bit. Jacket,
1: yeah. his moment
4: of uh, madness after the Swansea game, <laughs> <and> tried to <laughs> completely rip up what we were doing. Um,
2: yeah,
4: uh, and since then it's, it's been not, not a lurch from crisis to crisis, but we've lost. An, uh, I think we lost our identity as a side. You know, you're not really sure what's going to turn up week in week out in terms of how, how what is what is Millwall's style of play. How, how do we go about things?
2: I think that's a good point. Our identity is actually a nice way to put it because I think that, you know, you're right. I I do probably hark back to a a romantic 2001 past that can't come back now. But um, that did, in some respects, sum up a certain muscular approach to football that was our club. Um, This is, you know, this is what we love about the place. And I, I just find the... Certainly the initial emphasis on passing football, um, with players who, you know, we we don't have Barcelona or Chelsea's resources, so we're not going to be able to pass the ball as well as those teams can. You have to make the best yeah. of what you have available. I mean, you mentioned the striker, Steve Morrison um, has been mentioned online. I mean, we've had a few names, I mean, Simon Church has now being apparently been made a, an offer of a loan to the end of the season. Um, it's a critical position. But with, again, another good post I, I picked up on one that you've put on there was the, the options open to us are actually comparatively limited, really, aren't they?
4: Yeah, as I say, there's not going to be a 25-goal a season striker sat in someone's no. reserves who's going to, they're willingly going to let go and come to us on, even if we do pay pay significant wages for them, um, which seems to be the strategy for the last few years is sort of issue... Uh, chance of fees, but load up the wage bill. Yeah. Um, the other option, obviously, was the uh, try and find the next Harry Kane in a the promising Premier thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who can maybe with that that bit of a, should we say wide eyed innocence, transform the way we attack sides. Yeah. Because um, they have a little fear what they're doing. Or or you have to you have to take that gamble of spending maybe. It seems like. He's ridiculous money compared to what's going around these days. But for us, even something like five hundred, five hundred grand on a on a player from League Two or the Conference, or uh, uh, and invest some time and hope they click. We've got Lee Gregory. He looks a good prospect. But, again, If he had come in when if we had had a a, a sort of settled strike partnership yeah. or a settled attacking formation, he would come in, he could click into it. We'd probably see a very different player. I think he's looked good so far, but it, it's, it's asking a lot for someone of Obviously, Green to League football
2: to yeah. do a joke. And we were recording this prior to the Blackpool game. It may well be that developments over the next few days kind of shed more light on what we're going to lead the line with over the, the remainder of the season. At the moment, Simon Church has been made an offer, and he's not exactly, um, you know, it's not an inspirational um, kind, of, uh, mm. put, kind of, he's not going to put bums on seats, then, is he? I mean, um, yeah. I mean, it's my. One of those
4: sort of- functional forwards we end up seeing obviously I use the word functional in, in the best best possible way. Yeah. But, um at Reading he was regarded sort of fairly fairly well. Um, he's obviously played for Wales. Yeah. I'm not sure how how
1: good that is, <laughs> but
4: um he he was he was he's a hard he's a sort of that sort of Shane Long type forward who's sort of quite mobile used to be quite mobile and sort of get stuck in but not necessarily have the best goal scoring record. Yeah. Um Now, that may be useful to us if you've got Gregory alongside him, you can put the ball back in the back of the net, but, again, he's had a bad couple of years where he's he's sort of for that favourite reading and he's he's mugged around at Cheltenham and had a few lines elsewhere.
2: It's almost a classic example of your option number one that you posted where we're spending money on somebody else's rejected striker, really, from, from the championship group of teams. Um, and Church is probably a classic example of, I mean, you can't get into the Charlton side, but you might get into our side, um, and it could be he does a job. Who, I mean, we, we have to hope for the best, but he's not an inspirational choice, that's for sure. But
4: uh, I would say, I think sometimes you can be very idealistic and hope for the best, and we're, we're going to pluck someone out of nowhere or spend some money, but I think we're all starting to realise that this is not Um <laughs> There was a, a sort of interesting post there, uh, I think mean, just for I work. Uh yeah. Uh, someone, someone's best best mate's cousin's hairdresser had picked up Nick McCarthy <laughs> to take him home and he, he commented that uh, we're banging financial trouble and going to go down. Well, <laughs> if we are... If their financial troubles are as bad as or worse than we feared, and I suppose that's all we can expect to a uh, few
2: loan signings and the odd reject. I, I love posts like that on House of Fun. I mean, for those that haven't don't view the website, it's it's basically someone's uh, a cab driver and a, it's a friend of a friend type post, isn't it? And um, yeah. Mick, Mick McCarthy has allegedly sat in the back of this cab and and basically slagged off Mill's chances for the, <laughs> the remainder of the season. Um, I mean, whether you choose to believe that or not, I, I don't know. I, I just like the whole idea. Of Mick McCarthy sat in the back of a cab uh, slating <laughs> slating Mill mil <laughs> yeah. Um I find it amusing. I mean, he, the other option is a promising Premier League youngster. I mean, I know we've 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 talked about um, a phobe, I think an Arsenal striker. I, I think he was yeah. with us. Uh, he was with us last season or the season before. I think, yeah,
4: we it? have to say. Look, they had a couple of sort of cameo appearances. Engel played. Uh, Got played on the left wing or something, and got roasted against Peter Brad, and then done his knee. I think. Yes, going. that's right. That's
2: the last we saw of him. That was the last we saw of him. So, <laughs> there's a chance he might make a comeback. Um, I mean, uh, whether that's going to be any better than the likes of Simon Church or, or An Other at that in that way, I, I don't know. I mean, it, there's there's an element of gamble with um, taking on a, a you know promising youngsters from anywhere. And then the option yeah. three that you've, you've picked out, which is another gamble, really, then isn't it? I mean, it's to go into the lower leagues or non leagues. And pick up the the proverbial rough diamond, a bit like we've done with Lee Gregory.
4: Yeah. I think the problem the problem with that is now is that even these rough diamonds are starting to cost significant amounts of money, and we seem to be falling further and further behind. With well, what's going on? You're seen Pete. Was it Matthew Wells at Bradford had a half decent cup run, and suddenly someone's paying a million plus for him? From at the time, I think it was, he was he was sort of yeah. Division Four, League Two, whatever you want to call it, um, and. Uh, there's a few players that are being touted around that they're looking at 750, 750 grand. which Even that now seems, according to what we've read in the past few days, maybe well beyond our means.
2: Yeah, I mean we, we, we're we still set with the, the Paul Goddard transfer record and we don't seem to have any plans to go anywhere near it, do we? Um, yeah. Where do you stand on the on the Meyerhofer question? We've got a lot of questions at me. We've got the Holloway question. We've also got the Meyerhofer question. Would you have him back, Dins?
4: Uh, personally, no. No. Uh, not, not just because uh, I think he's a pro, of a very limited bit ability. Um, the main one being he's six or seven. That appears to. <laughs> a, a this is one stat, isn't But he's. I, I, I don't think he's that traditional target man. He's that sort of coined. Was it the? Uh, good for a big man. The big, um,
2: the Bob but, Peter syndrome, isn't it? You know um, Yeah,
4: who he's um seemed to hold the ball up okay but didn't really offer aerial threat. Probably won the Liversburg I think and not score twice and there's not anything about him. Yeah. Um the, I think the problem with that is is that you stick someone like that up front and there is it happened within the crouch, you're playing nice football and boys it's happening at the moment we're down. There's what I need mean. to spit on the floor then really. Yeah, I was gonna you say know? that's, that's, that's... Um, <laughs> good try. I'll have to edit that and out. <laughs> they've, they've sort of, consciously or unconsciously you have started playing a lot more direct game. Um, yeah. do we need to be launching a ball up to someone who's not particularly good in the air? I'm not sure. It's it's have how the team that's set up more than anything in the structure. We could we could buy anyone tomorrow um, Unless we start getting a settled side and we start having some sort of structure and, and consistency, how and play, I don't think we're going to get out of this. It, it's pointless, and I'll just go out and sign five players. But if if you chuck them in into a, a system that seems to change every week, yeah, sometimes several times during a game. Well, given the uh, the contractual situation, we've read quite a lot about recently, and we've all heard about. Yeah. Was twenty? Is it twenty-four players out? Of twenty-four 23? players
2: up in in uh,
4: May, it, June. It yeah. seems that there is a there is a, a clear the decks uh, approach yeah. uh, approach about to be coming. And um, I, I think the problem is with that approach. You saw what happened at uh, Blackpool, where they ended up the season that they had all these players they wanted shot off, and then couldn't get anyone in. Um, yeah. And if if we get if we do go down, uh, and we've suddenly shorn of twenty-four players. We do see now some promising uh, talent coming through, people like Powell and Thompson and yeah. Fred and hopefully Pavey, and we've got Goodman who looked fairly decent on telly for little the other night, and
1: yeah.
4: Sid Nelson. Um, yeah. Yeah. We do have, it looks like we've got a, promising, a, a more promising passion we've had for a long time, but you've still got something that with, with some players, and it's our budget will be a lot smaller because of the financial restrictions are in that league. Um, yeah, that's so like, true. true. Like, yeah. re- Reduced TV money. We're not going to be getting that magical, is it fourteen thousand we need every week to break even?
2: No, that's right. Um, no, no, First round so of the FA Cup. And,
4: I think it's yeah. It, yeah. I think it's, it's a a good idea. It seems like a good idea to sort of say take our medicine, so we can't compete, drop down a division, and rebuild. I hope we come up with a, a talented squad that's worth a little bit. But I think we could be in for some uh, painful painful years if if that is the case. Um, I think it would it would be difficult for us to come and start back up, particularly leaders some big size flex, flexing their muscles in that league. But us already, Preston have come back from a, a dodgy spell when Sheffield United and
1: yeah.
4: to Bristol City have probably been promoted, but.
0: There are got teams down in Coventry
2: of finding their city again after. Yeah, being out in the wilderness, yeah. I mean, the thing that always strikes me about any good conspiracy theory, whether it be in football, Millwall or anywhere else, is it requires this idea that there's some diabolical intelligence running the show that actually has a plan <laughs> and is actually going to put it into practice, you know, kind of a Dr. Evil somewhere or a Dr. No. Um, you know, yeah. as we've seen with our club this season, Denz, I mean, the, you know, the, the Euroferries contract, may or may, the company that may or may not exist, I, I, I just find it hard to believe there is anyone with that level of um, deviousness to think in those terms. I think yeah. we're actually trying hard to stay in this league, uh, that, you know, as laughable as that might sound on
4: occasions. Yeah, well, I, I made a point of, of, a few, oh, probably last week, I think, um, and the same, I think a few people have made it. Think. I think there was even a quote from, Hamler on music then today yeah, yeah, about Holloway well about there being a lack of footballing knowledge within the sort of senior management of the club so you at a board level and just below yeah.
2: Um,
4: and that Holloway has been doing a lot of it maybe too much um, I think the comment from Amber was that they should have brought in additional coaching staff over in the season and Holloway's had too much on his plate um, yeah I think Holloway at the end of last season had this sort of summit, didn't he? Uh, golf club somewhere with the. Yeah, they went away the somewhere, they didn't they? I mean, yeah. And they, had, they decided what they were going to be doing in the strategy. And we heard all the stuff about youth coming through and yeah. improving the training ground and all this. And I think Holloway has been leading that. And uh, and I agree with, this, with probably 99% of the sentiment shit we spoke about in the, yeah. In the summer. Yeah. We hadn't seen a lot of that yet. Um, youngsters have come in and completely disappeared. Um, and some of the stuff that was promised hasn't emerged. But uh, maybe the, the idea of purging the club was part of that summit, and we're seeing the results of it now. Or we'll see the results of it in the season, I suppose.
2: We're depressing our listeners, Dens. We're depression. Oh,
4: yeah. Some of them, I, I, I've just already, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs>
2: We've got to focus on the positive. Do you think we're going to stay up? Do you think we'll do it this season? Do you
4: think we'll, we'll survive? Um, uh, if we can get ourselves, if Holloway can. Stop teaming. I don't. We're we're in a bad shape at the moment with a couple of players. I think we've we could have enough about us to stay up. Yeah, we've got some play a few of the teams around us at home. Um,
2: some big games loomed. Some of the they? That,
4: yeah. yeah. Some, some of the teams that were were below us, obviously, uh, yeah. fairly big teams with a lot of resource now, going to pull away. But they're still the right to lead it in trouble. Obviously, Blackpool. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't say have a field of a million miles better uh, yeah. than Yeah,
2: give
4: a little run here, and you you never know. Um, to be honest, yeah, even if we did go down, I hope we, if we see for the second half of the season some organisation and some some fight, um, and maybe a few of the youngsters, I, I don't think anyone would be overly upset. If we see sort of Middlesbrough or yeah yeah, uh, then people will lose the we'll faith. Yeah. Like, but hopefully he can. Uh, he's an experienced manager. That's what he's paid for. He should be uh, should be well aware of what we need. Hopefully now he's got his uh, help on the training ground, he can focus on what we need to do to stay up.
2: It's a good moment to, to leave it. Fantastic stuff, then. Really yeah, appreciate you coming you. on the show, mate. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's
1: the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.